0: to start your day this is
1: morning air with john morales on relevant radio
3: Four minutes after the hour, it's Thursday, November 11th. Good morning. Welcome back to Morning Air on this Veterans Day and the memorial of the Bishop St. Martin of Tours. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverns. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you once again across our great nation. And thank you to all the great men and women of the military. Thank you for your service. Thank you to all the veterans joining us across our country here this morning. On Thursdays, we always always remember the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is always a good day to say thank you, Jesus. I want to bring in my colleague, Glenn Leverance. Glenn, uh, it was a very emotional day in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse uh, yesterday. What's the latest with this trial that has absolutely captured the attention of our nation? Well, Rittenhouse was
1: called to the stand of he's uh, uh, on trial after that uh, event and. Kenosha, Wisconsin, August 25th, 2020. Uh, He headed up there and uh, brought along an AR-15, shot at four people, killing two. He was on the stand and uh, broke down in tears uh, recalling what had happened. Uh, The uh, defense saying it was self-defense. He was worried for his life in the the midst of all of that. Uh, The cross-examination led to some heated exchanges among the attorneys and the judge in the case. The defense has asked for a mistrial with prejudice due to the prosecution's line of questioning. And uh, it continues coming up today. The defense will call several more witnesses, including a doctor and a Kenosha police
3: officer. And uh, Glenn, uh, some legal experts uh, are thinking that this case is uh, falling apart against Rittenhouse.
1: Well, and uh, in light of, uh, you know, a a possible acquittal, uh, that's, uh, again, something that's uh, viewed as an event that could spark uh, some
3: unrest in, in many cities around the country. Yeah, it was uh, very emotional. I did get to see uh, some of the, of the clips uh, from the trial. And uh, he really came across uh, as someone uh, who really believes that uh, he uh, did what he did in self-defense. Uh, so uh, we'll be uh, paying close attention uh, to, uh, to that trial. Um, today, as you know, and we've been talking about it this morning, it's Veterans Day. Uh, how is this day, this national holiday going to be celebrated?
1: Well, uh, most federal and state and local offices uh, closed today, but most businesses uh, are open from restaurants to stores, et cetera, but to many offering discounts for veterans and active-duty military personnel as well. The president will mark Veterans Day, meeting with members of the military this morning. Then he'll head over to Arlington National Cemetery, laying a, a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns. It's the 100th anniversary of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and for the first time the public allowed
3: in to pay their respects as well. Sounds great. And we'll be talking all about Veterans Day here on the show uh, this hour. We begin every hour. Thanks, uh, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, John. And thanks to the vets out there, too. Absolutely. We start uh, every hour here on this show giving thanks to our Lord through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's a tradition on this program to invoke the Holy Spirit whenever we pray. Come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now uh, can you believe it that the Advent season begins Sunday November 28th which is only 2 weeks from this coming Sunday. Relevant Radio has a free and a very simple way for you to grow in your faith this Advent season and get ready for the true meaning of Christmas. All you have to do is sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent inspirations. They're short, they're compelling little daily audio reflections designed uh, to help you go deeper into the beauty of the Advent season to help help you fall in love even more with your Catholic faith. These reflections are emailed to you every morning, all during Advent. Uh, you can sign up for Father Rocky's free Advent inspirations at relevantradio.com slash Advent, or click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app or on the webpage. Our power scripture, as we do every morning from the playbook of life, is from John six twenty seven. Our Lord Jesus says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Later, the same sixth chapter of uh, the Gospel of John, our Lord Jesus Christ refers to the Holy Eucharist when he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And he says it uh, a number of different times. What are some examples of foods that disappear? I believe that Jesus is referring to material things, uh, that we... Can many times spend our entire lives chasing after things like houses, like cars, clothes, and intangibles like power and prestige. Material things are all passing. The only things that last is our relationship with God with our family, and with our friends. So we need to put our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day, let's do it today, and especially put our faith in Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And we pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, as we've been talking about all morning uh, on this Veterans Day, which was originally known as Armistice Day, we pay tribute to all the great American veterans, all the real heroes, living or dead, especially the living veterans who served our nation honorably during war or peacetime. Every once in a while, people will still come up to me and if they see my Vietnam hat or whatever. And say thank you for your service, and that still means a lot. You know, when people thank me, I always remind them it's an honor to serve. Everything that I have in my life and everything that I have in my family came from service. I'd do it all over again if I had to. Every Veterans Day, the older I get, I think the more important it comes to me. Veterans Day means to me is a time to honor Everybody who came forward, they were willing to pay up to everything, including their life. So we're celebrating those one-percenters that recognize the need to serve our nation.
0: My name is Troy Taylor, and I'm a veteran of the Global War on Terror.
3: Stephen A. Evans, a veteran of the Vietnam War. Richard Wayne Motter, I'm a veteran of World War II. And one of those veterans that we are honoring today is with us this morning uh, to share uh, the meaning of Veterans Day. We're talking about my Relevant Radio colleague, Matt Beardsley, who is joining us from Relevant Radio's uh, home office in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Matt is a Navy veteran uh, with four years of service and two years in the National Guard. He's a longtime radio professional, a former producer of Morning Air with John Harper, and currently a network broadcast engineer who's been with Relevant Radio for over 17-plus years. Hey, Matt, good morning. Welcome back to Morning Air. Great to be with you on this Veterans Day.
0: Thanks, John. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Uh, and especially, uh, it's, it's fun to be with you uh, here on this show, the very show that you used to produce.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a, lo- been a long time. I've held a lot of hats over the years at Relevant Radio. I had a great time producing Morning Air, uh, but you're doing an amazing job keeping the momentum going.
3: Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you. We're just following in, in your footsteps. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, we, we, we love this opportunity to be able to, to look at life uh, through a, a truly Catholic perspective uh, on any issue, including uh, today on Veterans Day. Before we talk about Veterans Day, and again, uh, thank you for your service, uh, Matt. Uh, I'd like you to just share a few highlights of your experiences uh, with Relevant Radio over the years.
0: I don't even know where to begin. You know, I started in 2004 uh, in Minneapolis, and uh, you were on Morning Air at the time. I think you were the guest host of Morning Air uh, for a while all the I way was. back then. I, I started I the same day as Drew Mariani, August 2nd, 2004, and uh, uh, from there I moved into station operations and kind of moved all over the place. And uh, a couple of the big highlights I can think of was um, getting to flip the switch on the first over-the-air Uh, Catholic radio station in New York City back in 2014. Relevant Radio went hot in August of 2014 to an audience of over 10 million people in the New York uh, metropolitan area, and uh, about a year after that, we got to uh, live see the Holy Father uh, driving over to the United Nations in in Manhattan. That was a a huge... uh, (laughs) Just a a huge experience. I never thought I'd be able to get to see the Pope, but uh, we were broadcasting live right on the corner there in downtown uh, Manhattan.
3: Wow. Yeah, there you have a lot of experiences. Great, great moments. Shout out to all the folks listening uh, in the the New York area. We've been on the air now seven plus years in New York, uh, New Jersey area. It's outstanding. So we're going to have to have you back on as we do uh, on a regular basis, our behind the scenes of relevant radio features. So today we want to focus on Veterans Day. And and again, I want to open up the phone lines, too. So if if anybody would like to join the conversation here, here uh, with Matt uh, t- talking about the meaning of this day. Uh, if you're a veteran, please, uh, we we welcome and we really love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Uh, Matt, uh, can you put into words what Veterans Day means for you personally?
0: You know, not really. Um, it's uh, But if I do have to think of one word, service, um, And it's really weird if you would ask the 16-year-old me that wanted to join the Navy years ago, um, I, I didn't really understand. I just knew there was like this innate, this uh, deep down calling to serve, uh, but I didn't understand what that was. I do now, you know, as, as an older man, as a Catholic, um, you know, and as a lot of us do uh, that work in ministry or work at uh, places like Relevant Radio or have vocations, you know, I understand that meaning of the call of service. But back when I was a kid, I didn't understand, I just knew that. I just knew that I wanted to do something more, and uh, I found myself gravitating towards the military. Absolutely.
3: Was there anything in particular that, that inspired, like when you were a kid, for example, did you play with toy soldiers or anything like that? My, my son loves, to this day, he still plays with toy soldiers, likes to set up battle scenes. What, what motivated, what inspired you uh,
0: to, to one day want to be part of the military? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. I I used to like watching Gomer Pyle. Oh, there but, you go. Know, so did I, I. So did yeah, I. Yeah. So I thought about I thought about going in the Marine Corps. I was a small kid, and I was really enamored by that you know uniform. And I thought I'll come back and I'll be like, yeah, I'm a Marine. But. um funny enough going into you know tying into my career nowadays and even uh, in, in Catholicism I had a really good friend a family friend who was a Catholic priest and he got me involved in ham radio and, and really sparked the interest in radio for me and so when I was uh, when I was in high school trying to figure out what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to do something with technology radio in particular and uh, as I started looking around and feeling called to the service I realized that the Navy in particular was really going to give me the best opportunity to um, you know kind of be an engineer and work behind the scenes Uh, means basically putting circuits together so uh, so folks on the ship can talk to people on the shore and all over the world. And uh, that's how it it all kind of came together. And I realized that the Navy was going to be the best for me to do that at the time. And uh, it all just kind of happened.
3: Can you share a a few moments that come to mind from uh, your Navy days uh, as an engineer on a ship
0: uh yeah you know I, I you know so the first couple of years I was at a uh, um it was actually a, a submarine tracking station uh, left over from the Cold War it was uh, we it was shore duty over in Wales and I was 18 years old and I walked in and for probably the first hour and a half two hours I sat there and I signed a bunch of papers saying I would never ever talk about what we did there. And of course now I'm talking about it on the air on the radio but um, you know right after I got out of the Navy everything was on the Discovery Channel because it was it was outdated old technology but uh, they were considered an oceanographic research station but in the middle of nowhere Wales United Kingdom but we uh, we hunted Russian submarines and so when I walked across the watch floor and over to the communication shack it really looked like one of those scenes from a movie where there's like this big room with all these lights and all these machines and and people in uniforms running around telling people to do this and do that and there's a big Big huge board on one side of the wall with a map of the world with all these little tiny model submarines and things like that And so here i am 18 years old i had never really been away from home before and i felt like i was in the scene of a you know of a movie from the cold wars that was uh that was very interesting and then um you know when i was on the ship uh, we were over in Japan, and we went all over the world, and or I should say all over the uh, the Pacific Rim, and it was just, it was still for me, it was fascinating working in radio, um, just to be able to connect with ships and and uh, you know radio stations and uh, shore stations all over the world just by making a couple of patches, and you know we're still doing the same thing nowadays. We're able to connect with people all over the world with the uh, magic of radio.
3: Matt there's an old saying there's no atheists in foxholes and uh, uh, of course you you didn't have to worry about foxholes but uh, the the question in my mind is uh, how did those seeds that were planted uh, on those ships as as a Navy engineer how did they help you to grow spiritually to put you where you are today working uh, as a broadcast engineer for relevant radio.
0: Well, um, our uh, battle group, uh, we were in the, U- US, uh, the USS Independence Battle Group as uh, forward deployed in Japan. I was on the USS Mobile Bay, which was a guided missile cruiser. And um, we only had one priest for the, uh, for the entire battle group. And so uh, some of the Catholics, we would do Catholic lay services on all the ships. And before the battle group would go out on a deployment, we would all go to mass at the uh, USS Independence with the one priest who was the chaplain for the battle group and um, he would distribute communion that we could take back. And we had a Lutheran chaplain on our ship, and he actually believed in the real presence. And at that time, I still didn't completely understand. I was raised Catholic. My parents raised me Catholic. I always consider myself a devout Catholic, but I'm 46 years old. We didn't really have a real understanding of catechesis, um, a lot of folks my age. And so it was interesting. That kind of sparked something in me. This, This Lutheran minister who was the chaplain on my ship he believed in the real presence and uh so we were in thailand and the priest took us all out to drink and we got on the conversation of the eucharist and he explained the eucharist he explained the real presence to me in, in a way that i just somehow understood it and i remember him looking at me and so well, it just is you know this is my body and it just kind of clicked and at that time i was actually even thinking about becoming a priest. Um, You know, as I got out of the Navy, I discerned that that's not what I was called to do in life. But uh, I did really start to grow closer to my faith in the Navy. And, uh, you know, one memory of my faith in the Navy was we had a new captain um, come on our ship. And our ship had had a lot of uh, engineering issues. Uh, And in this case of engineering, I'm talking about, you know, the actual engines. um, We were going through some tests, and they just weren't coming out properly. And... This uh, captain was a little bit different, and uh, one night I heard come over the loudspeaker: "Holy Rosary is now being recited in the captain's cabin. All are invited to join in." Wow! And you could have knocked me over with a feather. This is a U.S. Navy warship in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We had been out at sea for about two weeks, and morale was kind of low because um, you know we were we were not really passing these tests the way we were supposed to. And the captain, who was a devout Catholic and a, one of the new guys on the ship, he turns to Our Lady, you know, and that that really made an impression on me as well. And uh, the captain actually said something. He wanted to go by a first name basis only there in his cabin uh, between officers and enlisted in him um while we were doing the rosary. And I remember him saying one time uh, he said, you know, we're all the same in God's eyes. He's like, you know, we're not we're not sailors or, or officers or any of that he said we're all the same in god's eyes so here we're on a first name basis which i thought was really neat for somebody who was you know in command of a, of a ship
3: absolutely very impressive by that captain praying the rosary matt when you um when you see uh, other uh, veterans uh, how do you feel what's it like do you, do you feel a sense of fraternity with other uh, brother veterans
0: you know, when I you say the word fraternity and people, you know, if I get in talking with folks about college or this or that, and they say you know they were in a fraternity, and I always think you know I was in the largest fraternity ever in the world, you know, the U.S. Navy or the U.S. military, there is a real sense of brotherhood there, and um, you know, I there are some guys that I have not even seen since I left Japan in 1997. I talk to them every single day, you know. And uh, there's a guy that lives down the street from me here in Green Bay. I left the ship in August of 1997, and this guy came to the ship in April of 1998. So we weren't actually on the ship together, but we knew a lot of the same guys. And then I moved to Green Bay right down the street from him. We're the best of friends. You know, because that camaraderie was there, because we had that shared experience, it's like right away we became friends, even though we, we hadn't actually met.
3: Matt, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've you know, been out uh, in public, maybe even in, like, in a grocery store, and you see an elderly gentleman uh, wearing uh, a baseball cap uh, with uh, a picture of, uh, of a Navy ship on it. And uh, uh, when I can, I always make it a point to say thank you for your service. And this is a little thing that we can do on this day whenever we run into any veteran uh, throughout the day. Uh, f- final question, um, as we're running out of time, you know how the clock is always ticking in the morning, uh, Matt. Uh, do you think that, that in, so, in many ways uh, that veterans and their families uh, are, are being forgotten these days after they serve? I, I see these heart-wrenching uh, promos, these commercials sometimes on television of, of wives who have lost uh, their husbands in combat, and it just breaks my heart to see that type of situation
0: you know unfortunately i think history is repeating itself i was extremely extremely blessed and lucky to have not served during active combat but um you know we had this problem back in the late 70s to mid 80s uh, when there was finally this awareness of the these 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 wounds that these uh, Vietnam veterans were, were holding and there was a big awareness came about and I was lucky enough that that happened while I was in the service um, you know that that we were recognized but then after 9-11 the same thing happened a lot of people were recognizing things but now especially you know we, we withdraw from Afghanistan and and life kind of moves on um, you know I worry that you know history will repeat itself the way it did I mean there was one point that the greatest generation people from World War two, their service was forgotten there was a point in history uh, that that happened and I I just, you know, I just pray that, you know, everybody can, can remember uh, the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice that some of these veterans did make.
3: Well, Matt, uh, I really appreciate you uh, b- being with us here uh, this morning uh, and just uh, great stories. Uh, you, you're, you're a proud American, uh, and I'm, I'm blessed to n- say that I know you and uh, you have laid the foundation for this uh, program that we're doing for Morning Air uh, for hopefully for many years to come. Uh, thank you, brother. I really appreciate uh, you being on with us. All right, God bless you. God bless you, too. Matt Beardsley, Navy and National Guard veteran and the former Morning Air producer, currently the Relevant Radio Network studio engineer. We need to take a break when Morning Air continues. Father James uh, Kabicki will be with us as we'll continue discussing uh, Veterans Day and what the Catechism of the Catholic Church has to say about military service. So stay with us. There's a lot more Conversation to come straight ahead as Morning Air continues after this. Like Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forester.
2: From Maui to Maine, you are listening to Morning Air with John Morales. Coast to coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
3: 31 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us. If you were with us this last hour and uh, during this show, we've been talking about Veterans Day. Thank you so much to... All the veterans, thank you for your service to all the veterans that are with us this morning. Veterans Day is a federal holiday in the United States. It was originally known as Armistice Day, commemorating the end of World War I on November 11th, 1918. It's a day in which we honor military uh, veterans who have served in the United States Armed Forces. But the question is, what does the Catholic faith have to say uh, about the military? What does the catechism teach about about military service. And joining us now for more perspective on Veterans Day from a Catholic point of view is our spiritual director today, Father James Kabicki. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, and a relevant radio contributor with his daily prayer reflections, as well as a longtime contributor to this program. Good morning. Father Kabicki, thanks for being with us. Uh, good to be with you once again here on this Veterans Day.
2: Thank you, John. Good to be with you, too, and to uh, have such a, a great opportunity to uh, thank all of our service people, those who um, continue to serve, those who've come back, and uh, those who gave their lives. It's a, a wonderful day to remember them and to honor them for for protecting us, defending us.
3: Absolutely. Um, I can't help but think of of our Lord's words, no greater love than to give uh, your life uh, for a friend. And uh, this is what we're talking about. So many of our veterans that have given their lives uh, for the nation that they love, for our great country of America.
2: That's right. And as you mentioned, John, you know, we're wondering how does this fit in because, you know, the fifth commandment, of uh, the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not kill, and yet it's part of military service to, uh, to kill people, to, uh, as it were, um, put themselves on the line, and are they disobeying that commandment? And the Catechism of the Catholic Church has a wonderful description of this under the very uh, section about the Fifth Commandment in which it says, you know, there is a, a, a sacred dignity to the human person. And so the, the, base, the basis for Thou Shalt Not Kill is the dignity of the human person, uh, their right to life. But sometimes that right to life is threatened by unjust aggressors. And so there is also an obligation to protect life. And that's where we have uh, the obligation that each of us has to uh, defend our own life, uh, self-defense, and to defend the lives of those who are um, in harm's way. And so this is where the military service comes in, where um, under the you know the obligation that we have to defend our own life to protect our life because it is sacred, when that life is threatened by other people, then there is the right to defend and protect ourselves and other people, and that 's where the military comes in where it protects and defends our own nation from unjust aggressors and violence.
3: Absolutely. And I'd, li- I'd love to, um, to dive in a little bit more into what the Catechism and the Commandments uh, have to say. The, the Church has a lot to say uh, on this issue of uh, the respect for human life. Uh, but first here on this Veterans Day, um, can you give us a little historical perspe- perspective on, on the origin of this day?
2: Well, um, it goes back, as as you said, to the end of World War One. The armistice went into effect, ceasing the hostilities uh, between the Allies and uh, and Germany, Austria Hungary, Bulgaria, Turkey, um, the Axis powers, and it was uh, it, it happened. You know, is the eleventh month, the eleventh day, and the eleventh hour that the ceasefire went into effect. And it was in the 1920s then that um, uh, this Armistice Day uh, became known as Veterans Day and it became a, ho- uh, a federal holiday. And so um, it's it's kind of um, interesting that while it goes back to World War One and the Armistice that was signed, it became quickly a day that we honor all veterans, not just those of World War One, but those who had died in um, the civil war and the war of of, of um, the spanish american war in eighteen ninety eight and and so it became a way of, of honoring and remembering all of our veterans who had protected and defended us.
3: And Father Kabicki, uh, in the early 1920s, uh, no one had any idea that there would be a greater war uh, two decades later, greater than the so-called Great War, because originally it wasn't known as World War One; it was known as the Great War. In fact, I remember seeing uh, the uh, the front page of the Chicago Tribune, Great War ends in big, bold letters. Um, no, no one ever imagined that this so-called war to end all wars uh, it would not be the end Um, and so that that gives us a little bit of perspective in just a few years uh, before the uh, uh, the the, well actually the year before the end of the war in 1917 our lady of Fatima said to the children that war wars are a punishment from God for sin what's your take on our blessed mother's words about war
2: well, that's, you know, you're, you're right on target there, John, that Our Blessed Mother, when she appeared to the three children in Fatima, had predicted that if people did not convert, turn to God, pray the rosary, that a greater war would result. And that certainly was borne out with World War II. And so that peace message of Our Blessed Mother continues to really be something we need to listen to uh, and to put into practice. Um, she predicted that, you know, wars would continue because uh, human beings are sinful and and they engage in sinful practices and they harm one another, and so the punishment that I think war is is I, I always like to say we 're not so much punished for our sins but by our sins and if we engage in sinful behaviors and unjust actions, the result there are consequences to that uh, the result is. a a breakup in relationships uh, between people, between individuals, in families, in uh, countries, in in the world. And so uh, war seems to be very much a result of sin. And as a result, uh, the the way our Blessed Mother told us to fight war and work for peace was uh, to uh, pray and to do penance and to turn to God, who alone can bring, uh, help us bring about the conditions that can lead to peace.
3: Now, um, a teaching uh, of the Catholic faith that I believe goes back to St. Augustine is the just war uh, d- doctrine, uh, something that is, is foreign uh, to many uh, non-Catholic Christians. Uh, they've, they've never heard uh, that there is really a justification uh, for war from a Catholic perspective. Uh, can, you, can you talk to us a little bit about what this means uh, in, in terms of, of uh, people and also that countries have the right to protect themselves?
2: Well, uh, again, it goes down to that fifth commandment that uh, while we have a right to, uh, to a life, to our own life, uh, we also have an obligation to protect and defend not only our own life, but that of others. And so the, the just war theory that developed uh, through the centuries uh, basically puts limits on when war can be waged and how war can be waged. And so it, it, uh, war always has to be a response to an unjust aggression. And the engagement in war has to protect the civilian population. Um, and you know, some people would argue today that um, this is p- particularly difficult. Uh, as we see war developing in, in um, the especially 20th century, what we see is that uh, in order to... Um, let's say uh, discourage the the person who's waging war to discourage the enemy um there's a a, a terrorist uh mentality of uh prevent, you know um basically keeping the civilian population from uh, food sources or um uh, bombing them or you know creating terror among them so that they would call upon their political uh, leaders to uh call for peace or surrender and, and so you know in the 20th century it, it's become more and more difficult to fulfill the conditions of a just war that the civilian population would not be targeted uh, that they uh, that there are that the effects of war the consequences of it the results of it would not outweigh um, the good that could be attained by going to war so it, it's really a way of um, uh, let's say uh, putting limits to when a war can be waged and how a war can be waged.
3: Yeah, the the Catechism has uh, incredible wisdom in uh, in their section uh, under the Fifth Commandment. Uh, if our listeners want to, to jump into the Catechism and, and read for themselves uh, in, in paragraph uh, section twenty three oh nine, um, it breaks it down and gives the the various different conditions uh, for this just war doctrine, and uh, it, it's 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 extremely uh, interesting because I I know that there are non Catholic Christians who have actually become Catholic just because they could see the wisdom behind what our, what our Catholic Church teaches when it comes to some of these social issue doctrines, including the just war theory, Father.
2: Right. And, you know, this is where, uh, again, it all comes under the uh, rubric of respect for life, um, that we, you know, innocent people, civilians... Uh, should not be targeted. Uh, prisoners of war, prisoners from uh, the side of the enemy, are not to be tortured in any way. Um, so there, there's real limits. And um, basically, um, number 2314 uh, says that the danger of modern warfare is that we possess modern scientific weapons, atomic, biological, chemical, that can basically uh, kill the innocent. So this indiscriminate destruction of whole cities and areas is, is a crime, according to the catechism, against God and against humanity, which is, is really leads us to, again, uh, devote ourselves to prayer and penance that war like that might be avoided.
3: And, uh, of course, we will forever be reminded of the consequences uh, of those actions when we look back at uh, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, to end World War II, um, which I think is exactly what paragraph 2314 is talking about.
2: Right, where you know you, you may say, well, civilians were involved in uh, the production of, of weapons and things like that, uh, but there were many innocent people who were also killed. And, and it's ambiguous because it did lead to uh, a faster end to World War II, um, but we have to look at that in light of the church's teaching and say um, there may also have been a line that was crossed.
3: Absolutely. Well, we are we're talking about uh, Veterans Day and what the Catholic Church and the Catechism of the Catholic Church has to say about military service uh, with our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki. We have much more uh, to talk about, uh, but we need to take a break. If you have a question or a comment, we're going to open up the phone lines for Father Kabicki here on this Veterans Day. If you're a veteran and you'd like to, to join us to uh, talk about uh, what this day means to you, uh, by all means, give us a call, 888-914-9149, 9149. We're going to take a short break. We'll continue our conversation with Father Kabicki. Stay with us. There's a lot more to come on the other side. 46 minutes after the hour, welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us as we continue to remember and to honor uh, all the veterans today, here on this Veterans Day, we're talking about uh, the military from a Catholic perspective, talking a little bit about what the Catechism has to say about uh, military service with our very own Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director and the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in Western South Dakota. Uh, Father Kabicki, uh, welcome back.
2: Thank you, John. I'm glad we have this opportunity today.
3: Well, we were talking about the, the catechism, and it has a lot to say, believe you, that you have to go back in and, and read it yourself. But just a couple of highlights, uh, not, not only on the Fifth Commandment, but also uh, the Fourth Commandment. Uh, has, uh, the, the catechism has a lot to say about a uh, citizen having a duty to support their country by paying taxes, by voting, and by defending one's country.
2: That's right. In the fourth commandment, we have honor your father and your mother. And the Catechism expands that to say we need to respect all uh, due civil authority. Uh, and, you know, this is not something new. This goes back to St. Paul, who uh, said, Pray for the emperor, even though the emperor was, you know, an enemy of Christianity, but pray for. Uh, his conversion pray for the emperor and so there's a sense that we have a duty as citizens of a country to uh, pay taxes uh, for the support of the services that we receive in a country and also uh, to exercise the right to vote and then to defend one's country. Um, And this can happen in different ways because along with this, the church, the catechism says that there is always the right of conscientious objection. In other words, that a person in their conscience may say, uh, to follow Christ for me means strict very strictly saying, I cannot kill another, and so throughout history, we've had this recognized, and the Catholic Church recognizes it uh, as a right uh, to conscientious objection to to warfare, to uh, killing others, um, but at the same time that it recognizes that right it says there's still a responsibility to the nation and so uh, conscientious objection should also include uh, an element of service and so there's that alternative service that people have offered uh, during World War II and at other times uh, during the Vietnam War people who were conscientious objectors would continue to uh, promote the common good of the nation by some sort of alternative service. So it it really comes down to that as citizens of a country, we do have certain duties. Um, We have rights, but with every right the Catholic Church teaches, there is also a duty and a responsibility to exercise that right well.
3: Uh, Father Kabicki, as Catholics on this day, on this Veterans Day, uh, any recommendations on how uh, we can uh, honor uh, our veterans, Um, perhaps not praying for them, maybe just an act of of kindness uh, when you run into a veteran during the course of the day?
2: Oh, very much so. You know, a lot of times when I'm out in, in public and people see me, they'll they'll say thank you for your service, you know, seeing me as a priest. And if we know a veteran uh, uh, or meet uh, a veteran, I, I think, again, it's a great opportunity anytime, not just on November 11th, but anytime to thank them for their service because so many of them put their lives on the line Gave a number of years um, to the service of their country, and maybe came back wounded, uh, either um, physically or or mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Um, you know, the the rate of suicide among veterans is is quite high, um, and I think uh, there's a lot of uh, trouble with uh, post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome. And so we we really need to to thank our veterans. Uh, We may not have agreed with the particular war in which they uh, served, uh, but they uh, are the ones that we want to to thank for for, for putting their lives on the line. And uh, I always try to do that myself when I meet a veteran
3: me me too uh, Father Kabicki uh, anytime I, I, I run into someone that is obviously a veteran they're wearing a, a veterans jacket a Marine Corps jacket or perhaps a baseball cap I always take a moment just to say hey thank you for your service and they usually uh, light up and are very uh, appreciative if anybody would like to, uh, to thank our veterans for their service on this day uh, give us a call 888-914-9149 if you yourself are a veteran, and you'd like to share with our nation what this country means to you on this day? Uh, please give us a call, uh, Father Kabiki. Um, this day, uh, Veterans Day, also falls on on a feast day of a veteran, uh, Saint Martin of Tours. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this veteran saint?
2: Okay, well, he he lived in uh, the fourth century, so very early in the church's history, the three hundreds and uh, Christianity by that point had been allowed. um, People could exercise their religious right, religious freedom, and so he was a catechumen. In other words, uh, basically he was in preparation to be baptized. And as I understand it, uh, he was serving in what is is now um, uh, southern Hungary around Yugoslavia, that area. Uh, what used to be Yugoslavia would be Croatia now he was serving in the Roman army at that point and um, studying to be a a Christian and um, he had a vision uh, basically he met a poor man who was very cold and he cut his own cloak in half gave it to the poor man that night he had a dream a vision in which Jesus appeared wearing that cloak and Jesus said, look at Martin, who just, even as a catechumen, before he's baptized, uh, encountered me and and served me, because whatever you do for the least of my brothers or sisters, you do for me. And shortly thereafter then, Martin, as a result of that, left the service of the Roman army and and told people, he says, I'm going to serve a different king now, a different emperor, Christ the king. And he was baptized and eventually became a priest and ordained and uh, became the Bishop of Tours in France. Um, so he, he went, uh, I love that sense of, um, okay, I've given my service to an earthly king. Now I want to give my life entirely to Christ the King. Um, it's, I think, a sentiment that all of us can have.
3: Absolutely, uh, quite appropriate uh, uh, for St. Martin of Tours uh, to be celebrated on this day, on Veterans Day. Uh, we have uh, time to chat a little bit about uh, the uh, uh, Sikongu uh, Lakota people uh, of the Rosebud mm-hmm. Reservation uh, uh, that you are uh, working with. Uh, can you tell us about uh, their perspective on military service? I understand they have great admiration for the military.
2: Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, the Sichangu Lakota people are part of the you know the Sioux nation, what were known as the Sioux, that was a name given to them by their enemies. Uh, basically, it means snakes uh, but uh the the Lakota people were you know basically the warriors of the plains uh, of the prairies of of western minnesota south dakota and and so their tradition was it was very much a warrior society that you you um, were given honor based on on your feats in war and you know the the uh, most important one was to count coup. In other words, it wasn 't to show your bravery it wasn 't just to kill the enemy uh, that that could be easily done, but to approach the enemy and with a stick, touch the enemy and then ride off uh, to show how brave you were so it, within that context of of a very brave, courageous society, a culture, uh the Lakota people have served. Uh, in the military from the beginning even before they were citizens Um, citizenship was not given to the native people until the mid 1920s but many um, native people served in World War One and have continued to serve and are highly regarded by the people here so Veterans Day is really big on the reservation um, and veterans are honored in in many different ways with meals and uh, other honors parades and such
3: Great stuff. Well, I really appreciate it, uh, Father Kabicki. Thanks so much for your insights, especially the insights on uh, the military and what the catechism has to say. Uh, it's, uh, it's very informative and uh, very appropriate for this day as we honor our veterans. Uh, thank you, Father Kabicki.
2: You're welcome, John. God bless you and all our listeners and especially our veterans.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Father James Kabicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota. And, of course, a regular regular contributor here on uh, Relevant Radio with his daily prayer reflections. They're absolutely outstanding. We hear them every single day here on the network, uh, as well as a longtime contributor to our show. Uh, It's now time for uh, another uh, edition of Glenn's Story Corner.
1: Our story today is called what is a veteran it's by marine corps chaplain father dennis edward o'brien some veterans bear visible signs of their service a missing limb a jagged scar a certain look in the eye others may carry the evidence inside them except in parades however the men and women who have kept america safe wear no badge or emblem you can't tell a vet just by looking what is a vet a vet is the barroom loudmouth Number than five wooden planks, whose overgrown frat boy behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery near the 38th parallel. A vet's the nurse who fought against futility and went to sleep sobbing every night for two solid years in denying. A vet is the POW who went away one person and came back another or didn't come back at all. A vet is the drill instructor who's never seen combat but has saved countless lives by turning slouchy, no-account punks and gang members into marines, airmen, sailors, soldiers, and coast guardsmen, and teaching them to watch each other's backs. A vet is the parade-riding legionnaire who pins on his ribbons and medals with an aesthetic hand. A vet is the career quartermaster who watches the ribbons and medals pass him by. A vet is an ordinary and yet extraordinary human being, a person who offered some of his life's most vital years in service of his country and who sacrificed his ambitions so others would not have to sacrifice theirs. So remember, each time you see someone who served our country, just lean over and say thank you. That's all most people need, and in most cases, it'll mean more than any medals that could have been awarded or were awarded. Again, two little words that mean a lot to any veteran. Thank you. John 15, 13, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend.
3: Thank you so much, uh, Glenn. Extremely uh, appropriate um, as uh, we reflect here on, on the meaning of this day on Veterans Day. I just want to take a moment uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure uh, this echoes the sentiments of, of uh, many of our listeners. Uh, thank you uh, for All your service, and I'm talking specifically to all the veterans uh, who are listening to us here on uh, on morning air on on Relevant Radio. Uh, A way that you might want to consider honoring the vets is to pray for our veterans, pray for their families, pray for the wives, especially the ones who have lost uh, their their loved ones, uh, the spouses that have lost their loved ones. Uh, You can honor our Blessed Mother today and, and pray the Rosary with Father Rocky and the Family Rosary across America tonight with all your prayers in particular. 7 p.m. Central, and every single night of the week here on Relevant Radio, the Relevant Radio app, or even on your smart TV. It's an excellent experience to watch it on a big screen TV. Um, that'll do it for this edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance. producers Sarah Tafoya, Mariano Gomez, and Gabby Burke, the entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for your service, veterans. The Patrick Madrid Show is next.